I don't know. I'm full of feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What sort like man man feelings? Sure, you could say that. Yeah, fe- I mean, just feelings. I have feelings. You know what I mean? I'm feeling shit, which is good. I, I mean, think- I feel stuff all the time. I would say I'm a very sensitive soul, but to the extent yeah. I'm feeling right now, it's like fuck me. Um. Today we're mm. doing the Midnight Gospel, and I just finished the last episode, a second before I started. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, first of all, cheers. Cheers. Uh, I got a Q whore. I saw it, I was down in Super Value today. I took a walk down to the Liffey, and you know, there's a Super Value. You know where you get the bus to Lucan? That's Super Value on the south keys and it was absolutely empty um so i said i'm gonna do my shopping in here because there's nobody in it so i got uh, some q whore mm. it's been a long time since i had some nice uh so you said uh, before we before we dive in mm. you got very emotional at the last episode of the show we're about to talk about yes um uh, i watched it as well today and i yeah it's a very uh emotional spiritual uh experience mm. the whole season is uh, i was watching it having my breakfast and anna was sitting on the couch going through her instagram and the episode ended and i looked over and there was tears going down her face and i said and i thought you know like it she's only just up she's yawning it's tears of yawn but no she was she was listening to it while i was watching it and she was crying and she hadn't watched any of the other episodes with me. So that's how profound the show uh, can can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's powerful. Very powerful stuff. I mean, like, I can't imagine what it's like eating your breakfast and watching that episode. Um, yeah, where do we begin? I guess we'll begin from the from the very beginning. My, my, my girlfriend had started watching a few episodes and she was like, She's like, I know you just started a new podcast with Graham. She's like, and I know you're into podcasting, but there's like this, there's this new show I think you'd love because it's like, it's about podcasting, but it's not. And like, they discuss all the stuff that like you always talk to me about that I'm always looking at you with 10 heads. Like, what do you want about, you know? Um, But I, I like yeah. all the content of this show is like, is my jam. It's like, it's, I'm so into the context of it. To give people um a quick uh, idea of, of, of what the hell we're talking about and um, the midnight gospel here's here's a fun wikipedia summarization of it uh, it's an american adult animated web television series created by the adventure time creator which i was thinking about when i first watched it at the first episode i was like this looks very like adventure time so it's the same creator pendleton ward yeah and comedian duncan trussell uh, duncan trussell is we may recognize him from being the from being on the joe rogan podcast i think since maybe the very beginning and whenever he comes on, they put on yes. their tinfoil hats and they go deep. I think they, they, it seems to me like they tend to take LSD and they just like, they put on like astronaut outfits and they just, they go deep. They just talk about the craziest shit. But um, yeah, so um, it's set in a dimension known as the Chromatic Ribbon. A space caster named Clancy owns a forbidden multiverse simulator. Truity travels through worlds about to have their own apocalypses, interviewing some of the residents for his space cast. The show uh, features special guests, including Phil Hendry, (laughs) Stephen Root, Drew Pinksey, Trudy Goodman, Jason Love, Caitlin Doughty, D. 
Damien Eccles, Maria Bamford, Joey Diaz, David Nickturn, and Danine Fedding. Now, one of the names there I mentioned was Damien Eccles. Does that ring a bell for you at all? Do you know... Um, Damien Eccles. Damien Eccles. He was the magic guy. Magic guy talking about Buddhism and, and magic and stuff. Yes. Uh, no, I don't... I, I, I'm... Uh, I if I'm I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> if I I'm not consciously aware of him. Maybe you brought him up before in the past. I'm guessing, but uh, if I, I recognized his his voice uh, during that episode, and then I went to look him up. He was part um, of of what was it called? The Massachusetts tree? No, it wasn't Massachusetts. The Ohio tree. Damn it. What state? The Ohio Something tree. like that. He was wrongly like accused I... of a murder. Him and two of other of his friends. Because they were outsiders. They were weirdos. They were goths. Um, and he was like in a... He yeah. was had a life sentence for years. It, it, like there's been documentaries made on him. And he he studies and, and, um, and, and practices magic with a K at the end. CK. Uh, which is basically just a form of like... Yeah meditation and law of attraction and putting out good energy and being present it's it's nothing that voodoo really but that he used a lot of that to get himself through um solidar what's it called solidar solidar solitary uh, confinement. confinement yeah i think the last 10 years of his prison sentence he was just in a cell by himself like not seeing anything and just awaiting to be uh to be on the just for his death sentence basically um Jesus, I couldn't yeah. imagine having to go through that. A lot of celebrities um, came out and, and spoke up for him. He ends up befriending... Uh, like Johnny, and when was Johnny this Depp thing? was what? one of them. I think I think we're going back like 10 years ago since he came out. Okay. Um, but he, he said he's had some <laughs> issues since then. Like he'll he'll always forget where he is in the middle of a sentence or he'll look at people's faces and he'll, he'll even though he knows them, he finds it hard because the long-term yeah. effects of not having that human interaction fucks you up yeah um, but yeah he's a very very fascinating guy so I need to listen to that whole episode if it's up there somewhere mm. um, yeah so what do you think of the it show it is I actually um, it's it's a hard one to break down for this I was thinking about how to talk about it because it's not like ordinary shows because it's yeah it's uh, Duncan Trussell has a podcast so they take the interview which is just two people talking like we are now and then they animate over it, so they they edit it, they cut it up, and they add stuff. And I assume maybe they use some voice actors to do a few things to make it sound like the interviewer is saying something that has relevance to what's happening in the universe of the cartoon. And yes. then, of course, there's an intro bits and there's outro bits. So it's an interesting concept. Um, but yeah, there's kind of like the narrative of what they're talking about. And then there's the narrative of what you visually mm. see. It's almost like listening to a podcast and watching a cartoon on mute. And they don't necessarily have, on a surface level, um, you could watch it and think these two things don't have anything to do with each other. I mean, I guess it does. They're looking for metaphors in the cartoons, in the events of the cartoon that tell you if, with visuals what you're listening to in your ears. Um but yeah, it's tricky because I don't know how to talk about the narrative of the show because there isn't one. It's yeah, he goes, he goes into a simulator to different worlds, and and Clancy interviews different people for his base cast, um, and a few things happen. The simulator breaks down, 
um in one and you see recurring characters in different planets maybe or he's he's being shot through the universe and you might see something uh, oh there's a baby clown from the last episode but it doesn't it there's no like over all arc so it's kind of just an experience Mm. yeah well that it there you go you you did say it yeah i would definitely describe it as an experience (laughs) i guess yeah the narrative is that clancy seems to be this young kind of hippie carefree guy who lives in it in a trailer like in the middle of a field and yeah has this illegal simulator and is just experiencing worlds and seems to also be there there is a little bit of an insight into his life though through the voice messages of his sister because his sister sounds like she keeps trying to get in touch with him yeah at least in three episodes mm. you hear her trying to get in touch with him and he, yeah it's just like uh. but it's like he's not just ignoring his sister he's ignoring responsibilities ignoring life because in one of the one of the yeah. final episodes i think it's like five or six out of eight episodes um he doesn't go to another universe he's he can't because he has to fix his simulator and he's ended up facing a lot of real life issues and he needs to like live yeah. in the real life and he's talking to his neighbor and just, he's stealing and there's all these things and he he realizes how much he's like infuriated because he has to he can't just run away from his problems and go into a simulator because that's broken. He has to deal with life. And in yeah. that episode, again, his sister calls him and he's ignoring her. And he, yeah, in that episode, he's, he's, he's reintroduced into the concept of meditation again. Um, but yeah, it seems like his happy mm. place is to, to kind of escape reality, travel to different multi-universes and interview people for his space cast, which is basically like a visual, what we're doing now. It's a podcast. Uh, but yeah, traveling to space, which is cool. It'd be amazing to... F- the idea that aliens would be on any level watching humans doing podcasts and like understanding us yeah. through podcasts would be kind of cool. <laughs> How we think and that's a good, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I mean, there's more data now than ever up on the internet about ourselves. So if, if an alien did tap in, that's the first place you'd want to look. Mm-hmm. You don't have to probe people no. anymore. You can just look on the internet. Oh. Um, <laughs> Look, it's a Friday night grim. I mean, it is. It I is. mean, whatever you want to do in the privacy of your own spaceship. Um, so yeah, the guy who 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 makes the show with Duncan Trussell is Pendleton Ward, who made Adventure Time. So, I mean, this just seems like the perfect marriage because, um, I mean, I I since watching the episodes, um, I went back and I listened to a few of the podcasts that the episodes were based on um which was just even more enjoyable again i think i'm gonna listen to a lot of trussell's podcast now because yeah. of that and it's actually a great gift because a lot of this stuff the spiritual stuff meditation uh, contemplating death and and through the different people like he talks to a mortician in one episode he talks mm. to his mother who's dying from cancer in the last episode so there's different views on the same subjects on meditation, on death, on spirituality, religion, all the different forms. So you're kind of, you're getting access to these very big ideas, but through different people's point of view and different people's expertise. So I'm glad, I'm very glad that you picked this because it gives me an opportunity now to go through his podcast and yeah. mine it basically for, for stuff I want to learn. Um, and I wish, I wish the series was longer, to be honest. I mean, it's a cartoon, so, you know, you can't make fucking 22 episodes. It would take forever. I mean, um, anime, <laughs> like Japanese cartoons, man, are, are easily that. 
I think like uh, Attack on Titans, isn't that like twenty something episodes of pop? All of them. Dragon Ball Z, really? Like I don't know if that count. Does that count as anything? Oh my days. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I know. To me, I would like more as well, but I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Only twenty minutes an episode, except for the last one. The finale is like yeah. half an hour or thirty five minutes. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so the first episode, I'll, I'll do like a quick run through do it, yeah. of one to eight, and then maybe we could go back in over them with a little bit more attention. So the first one, um, <laughs> so with the first episode, you're kind of just thrown into it with no real idea of what's happening. You're just kind of straight away. He's gone off to an alternative universe and uh, it's yeah. So they're all um, they're all planets about to run into their own apocalypse. And so in the first one, there's a. Uh, a world being taken over by zombies and we meet the the president who ends up talking about meditation while like shooting zombies to death and it's it's just a beautiful yeah. uh orchestra of violence and and harmony just happening like like audio harmony meeting visual violence it's such an incredible contrast and like you said it at first it's yeah. jarring you're like these aren't together and then you kind of realize well maybe that's maybe that's the point like to be like that there's this idea that meditation is always just like um just like you you know but meditation can be being calm in the face of danger it can be staying cool-headed while protecting your planet from zombies so and and then also what what's yeah. interesting is at the end of each episode he always tries to hold on to shoes he always tries to collect these shoes from yeah, each person true. yeah and i was thinking like was that i don't know if he did this subconsciously uh, or if they meant the metaphor, but I was thinking about like the soul of a shoe and how he's collecting souls and maybe through mm. going to different dimensions before they collapse in on themselves and interviewing people and getting really deep with people. Does he feel like he's almost collecting souls? That's a good metaphor. I, I had noticed that and um, I didn't think there were so many other things to think about. I missed uh, thinking about the shoes, to be honest. I, <laughs> yeah, I right. kind of, you know, like I, I was thinking, oh, that obviously means something. They're trying to say something, but I didn't. I forgot to dig that deep. That's a good analogy. I think that makes that holds a lot of water. Um, his little souvenirs. Mm. Yeah, and so some of them he kind of takes. Some of them are kind of are gifts. Yeah, they're they're kind of through different circumstances. Um, I, it makes me think of you know that saying. Um, Don't judge a person until you walk a mile in their shoes. Oh, um, yeah. There's, there's loads of different I suppose shoes are such an old universal thing that there's probably so many analogies you can you can make yeah yeah and yeah the soul yeah somebody's soul and and where they've walked mm. there's very kind of uh, it's like connected to the heart yeah oh completely and you know you were saying like that you know it's been a nice gift because you're able now to this not like not that this this does obviously advertise his own podcast but it doesn't feel like he did it just because of that it feels like like a step forward in in like art to there's always like you know yeah. people were kind of repressing certain movements in art or maybe they always do you know cuz a lot of people yeah. will will become experts at a certain type of thing and then a new form will come and then they'll kind of look down upon it and they won't see the art in it because they've become maybe too rigid in the structure of the art that they've perfected. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And then the new kid yeah. on the block, like a younger or more creative person comes around or not necessarily, maybe just someone that had like 
spark idea and saw two things coming together. I guess I'm trying to say like with, with, with music and people all of a sudden doing things on keyboards, like plugging a MIDI into a laptop and creating a whole sound system. And people say, yeah. that's not yeah. music. There's no instruments. It's like, but if that person creates a piece of art, who are you to say that that's not music? I'm bopping to it. I like it, you know? Um, and so what he's done is he's, he's taken bits from his podcast that he thinks are important and he's remixed them with animation and he's created a new level of, of yeah. art that I haven't seen before. Um, I mean, Ricky Gervais, the Ricky Gervais show did animation to its podcast, but it doesn't seem the same. It it seems like... it's. I think I think when the history of all this sort of uh, the podcast era and uh, everything we're going through now, the Ricky Gervais show will definitely be uh, one of the first points of contact. Because mm-hmm. it is where it is. Yeah, it's ahead of its time in terms of it did a podcast before there was podcasts even got big and then it animated it. And now we can see um, it's taking it to the next level because, yeah, because people listen to podcasts and they do other things. So it just seems so natural for all this crazy stuff to be happening on screen. And then you're listening to this very in-depth, uh, complicated conversation about big topics. It just seems like I do that anyway, you know, like I'll, Mm-hmm. listen to whatever podcast it is or a ma- or a master class and I'll cook dinner and I'll do other stuff and it's kind of filling in that gap in, in one product as in I sit down and I watch all this crazy stuff happen on screen and it's giving me the podcast in mm-hmm. my ear at the same time you you have you done master classes you know no I don't mean uh, the actual the, that that gotcha. brand I just mean like um you know there might be a filmmaker who has an has a talk up that's like an hour and a half long or there might be mm-hmm. an actor, there might be a round table, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, no, I wouldn't pay money for, for any of that stuff. <laughs> I don't know, I'm kind of curious by some of it, but I haven't met anyone yet. And like those masterclass trailers keep getting better every time they're advertised on YouTube. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to learn like how to convince people things by this FBI uh, ex fucking detective you know what I mean? they're so convincing because yeah, yeah. they get like the experts to talk about like being so good at something and you're like wow of course i want to learn that um but yeah i haven't no one i know has like paid for them yet um or maybe they do no nobody i know either um yeah man fuck. <laughs> it's such it's such a good it's a it's a great concept um and you know duncan trussell is the perfect person to do this he's a comedian he, you know, he has his own podcast. He's done. He's more psychedelics than he is human. I hope that doesn't discourage anyone that isn't into that <laughs> that realm of things. But what I'm trying to say is, this is a guy who who's really explored and been open minded and is clearly an artist in many ways, or in the sense of being very creative. And oh, definitely. And he's he's just the perfect person to for this. His Anything about him is the perfect vessel for these deeper topics because he has such an innocence about him. Even though he's probably like in his 40s or 50s, I don't know. His voice, the way he, his mannerisms, he is such yeah. a... He's so humble and, and real and there's yeah. zero ego with this guy. He's almost like a child sometimes. And it's it's great because it means he asks the stupid questions. It means he, he's like totally vulnerable to like completely learning and then you as an audience member or listener, viewer, don't feel stupid or feel like this guru was trying to sell you something. You're just like, 
here's an average Joe guy talking to you about mindfulness and he's trying to figure it out too. Everyone should listen to this on some level. I think so. And I think in the last episode when he talks to his mother, um, you kind of realise, oh, this, no wonder he turned out so laid back and kind of approachable. It seems like a, good, a word that I could attach to him. And his mother just seems so, like if you had her as a mother, um, all of her kids must have probably turned out so chill and so open and, and have that perspective on the world. Because she seems like a very remarkable woman. Man, I, you know? I, I mean, they probably never will for many reasons but I've, I've always said I think you know I got super into psychology once I left secondary school like I was so into it. I was like maybe I'll go down that road my sister ended up going down that road but I just thought it was fascinating because yeah. I, I was confused with the way I saw the world and the way I had thoughts and a lot of my let's say downfalls that I wanted to fix it so I wanted to understand how brains work so I could fix my own brain but like the thing is we should all have a lot of these tools from a young age they should teach psychology in school or at least basic psychology um yeah yeah like it's your, you were talking about your brain and how you interact with others that's important and that it's goes a big disadvantage it go it connects with so many different things it connects with mental health it connects with like society and like talking to other people it's it's so important and i i had that same thought when i was watching that episode i was like she's a she's a therapist or a psychologist i forget but she's such a chill person and like she just seems like harmony to be around um yeah let, let, let's pull it yeah. back for a second let's let's go through them before we get to eight because i want to talk about episode eight, yeah. like, a fair bit uh episode two um there was like baby clowns and stuff and it was about facing debt about coming face to face with your mortality oh yeah that one was very good that was with um Anne Lamott and I listened to the podcast uh, of that afterwards it was like some retreat that Duncan had gone on with uh, some other guy it's actually the other guy's podcast and Duncan was oh. sitting in and then she, uh, he he and, and, and the woman who was interviewed let him use it then for his own podcast you know what I mean the material um, but yeah it's, it's, it's interesting yeah because they're talking about debt and accepting debt and the kind of culture around death that exists nowadays and then you're watching yeah they're, they're in this clown planet and there's these giant deer dogs and then they kind of yeah. get captured and he's he's interviewing one one of the deer dogs uh, uh yeah Anne is one of the deer dogs and then they end up going to this slaughterhouse and then they're turned into this like mincemeat and they're just, they're just like talking blobs of mincemeat talking about death and stuff it's, it's very bizarre um but i that was one of my favorite ones mm. that was one of my favorite ones to be honest um that's when i really it was yeah i mean uh no i was just gonna say go that's on. when i really realized how trans like the visuals were not that they like you said they they they, they work with the audio like they're kind of telling the same narrative in a metaphorical sense and then they're also not necessarily it's like parallel in a way um but but it was yeah it was that moment yeah. where like in episode two where you're starting to get a bit more familiar with the show and the mince is moving down having this conversation and they're just going through the process and it not much is happening visually it, i mean it, it is in a like it's yeah. stimulating but it's also just trance like it's like story-wise you're just seeing things go through pipes for maybe like a few minutes i don't know how long but longer than you normally expect in a cartoon that's trying to push the narrative forward 
which is interesting because maybe it's trying to strip back on the visuals and just yeah. give you like a hypnotic color visual of something to look at mm-hmm. while it actually wants you yeah. to hear the message it's good it works on a different level because an ordinary narrative is it whatever it might build up dramatic tension because you know they have to get the key to open the door the free the princess whatever the scenario mm. is where this is more like um it's all just about this conversation so when the conversation flows and then it gets to a point in a conversation where like they start hitting on big ideas like you know they build up then the cartoon like the cartoon is just supporting that so then yeah mm-hmm. you can have a, a moment where for like a minute they're just sliding through tubes talking and yeah. the visuals aren't there's no dramatic tension in that in terms of because you don't know where the story's going it's that you've arrived in a place in the podcast where you're so intensely listening yeah it's just like a trance it's just allowing you mm-hmm. to listen better by having mm. all that imagery it's it is it is kind of groundbreaking in in that sense it's not a conventional narrative but it's it's still telling a story for sure uh, yeah it's good it's it's so good and um yeah no i i particularly liked that episode i mean a lot of these episodes talked about death mm. and <laughs> yeah. i might yeah i might as well just like tackle this head on like i um uh, lost my granddad only about this Tuesday it'll be five weeks so I was in the middle of this whole uh, lockdown when the lockdown got bad so I mean um, I'm gonna touch on it and I want to talk about it mm-hmm. but uh, like it's cool like I feel cool about it in in, 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 a, in in one sort of way and I think watching this show in particular I think the three episodes that deal with death helped me reflect a lot mm. and think about certain issues of stuff that I could see oh I, I I I felt that or I wish I had that but it's all a part of the same thing you know and it's all helpful um, and this episode was definitely one of those you know yeah yeah I don't think I'd even I don't yeah yeah I, d- I don't know if I was even halfway through the show when I recommended it to you I just knew it was touching on things that were just so important. So, you know, I didn't want this show to go by without me discussing it with someone. And we had just started this, so it just seemed the perfect platform. Yeah. So, so do you, do you think, do you think anyone going through illness at the moment or, or, or grieving or debt should watch this cartoon? Because it's, it's like, man, like what would you say? This show's heavy. I don't know if it would, but like it's heavy topics. If, if, but that's what they kind of you realize through the show. It's like, yeah. well, why is it heavy to talk about these things? It's actually, it's important. Yeah, we need. To. I don't we think. Need to. I don't think it's it's not heavy in the way it's presented because it's the people. Mm. Excuse me, it's the beer. The people who are talking are are not. Um, they're not saying it in a heavy way. It's not like, oh, we're going to talk about debt and this is all going to be horrible and sad. Like a lot of the people who are being interviewed have very positive outlooks on life. So just the tone of the conversation is positive, even though they might be talking about dealing with death. And then the animation is just crazy. It's like Adventure Time. It's the guy who created Adventure Time. So yeah. it's crazy and it's it's bizarre and it's like psychedelic. So I don't think it's too heavy in the way it's mm. presented. The, some of the ideas are heavy. I think it's like I could get my mom to watch one of the episodes about death, right? And I think she it wouldn't be heavy enough that it might make her break down because her father only died a few weeks ago. But yeah. I wouldn't 
introduce it to my grandmother not because of uh, any sort of mourning process because she's not going to get it because it's kind of maybe a bit too far away from her 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 reference zone you know this crazy mm-hmm. cartoon that where people are talking yeah. and there's no narrative that's the only barrier i think well that's the thing you're you're, you're right because actually maybe the visuals for some people might be too wacky so much so that it actually distracts you and you don't take in what you're hearing and you you're like i don't get this it's ridiculous what there's like zombies yeah talking about meditation what <laughs> um older people might struggle i think the mm. our generation or uh, the generation before us and it's certainly the generations after us this is just perfect mm. their their brains are already running at that level so it's just go like it's just go with it maybe I mean, they're also like the generation after us grew up with like social media and stuff. I like, in one way, they're also they're more cyborgs than we are. They can't like stay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, but like, it, like we are already cyborgs. I don't know who said this recently. I I heard it in something. It's like yeah, we're already cyborgs. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, we are. Yeah. I can't go anywhere without my phone in my pocket. If I can't go anywhere without like technology, then I'm not just a sole human. I'm a I'm a a blended mesh of um that's but, true we're, we're both talking to our phones right now you know no i'm talking to my laptop it's like <laughs> all right well you're talking so, to your laptop yeah. i'm i'm poor i don't have a laptop <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean yeah no i know <laughs> go on yeah it's all the same I, i'd be really awkward if i couldn't go anywhere without my laptop just like sitting on the loo with the laptop on my laps. Does anyone do that? Like instead of like phones? Oh, definitely. 100% people have done that. In public restrooms as well. You just know it. Definitely. In public restrooms? What? People go into the toilet with yeah. their laptop, sit on the loo and then... Yeah, somebody... There's definitely been like one guy who's taken a, a shit in a public restroom and like had his backpack there with his Mac in it and just said, well, I'll just check my emails while I'm at it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't want to waste a moment. <laughs> yeah. oh, you just hope Google isn't watching through the camera, you know? I mean, well, that's why I have this tape. You know I mean? <laughs> oh, you have one of those little tape things? Yeah. Man, for since I was like 15, I've always put tape there just in case. Since 16? Huh? For years, yeah, since I was young. Man. That's deep I, I, paranoia. That was before, like, the Edward Snowden paranoia. Yeah. No, it wasn't It wasn't the government. It was the fact... It was hackers. It was the idea that anyone could just... Easily enough, if you don't have the right protection on your devices, they could hack into it, catch you doing something, yeah. and then, like, you know, pay... Like, make you pay ransom, yeah. or they'll send your nudes to Facebook. Um, and for years, well, I was it. terrified. I'm... Now I kind of don't care. Yeah. I say with a tape still but, stuck on my laptop, but you know what I mean. That that's a funny point. I remember making a joke to somebody once. Uh, you remember what? Sort of, uh, t- no, I may, I may I was joking around with somebody once, and um, I was saying that sort of thing like, oh, you know, Google's sort of be opening up your camera, and they kind of made a good point by saying, I'm not worried about Google because they're not going to post it onto Facebook. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's if the hackers are actually more dangerous to your personal life. Then Google is. If Google look at it, or some guy who works in Google, like ultimately, I'd rather him look at it than like somebody taking a load of personal stuff and spreading it on social media or blackmailing oh, you. That's the 
the real nasty shit. Did you ever see that episode of Black Mirror? Oh yeah, with with the kid in him, where he's has to go all over the countryside robbing post offices and stuff. Now, yeah, this... now in fairness, you could argue that he has a lot more to be afraid of slash ashamed of, um, but like I feel like I don't want to say everyone has secrets, but like everyone, that's that's a different level. But like everyone, no one wants to be caught. I don't know, having mm. sex or doing mm. something awkward, like. You know, like like I said there earlier that like I don't care anymore. Like if they whatever they catch me naked and they say look at this because yeah. you know <laughs> I I like my body now. So if they're gonna put up online, it's like hey, I'm okay with that. Cool, you just did it for just me. Like pictures you know? of Jamie like <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh shit, <laughs> just like a hat. Yeah, yeah it is. No, but what if they catch you in in, in compromising position? Do you know what I mean? Like you're cutting your toenails and your legs over your head or. But you're also butt yeah. naked. You know, it could you're, be, you know. Your legs. Knows? Yeah, you're, you're trimming the bumhole hairs and your legs are up like like you're having a baby. Exactly. You know That's what, what I'm saying. And That's, then they're like, oh, yeah. but he hasn't even put anything under it to catch the hair. Oh, what a filth yeah. bag. And then I'm like, fuck, I, know. I should have just given them the money. So... So yeah, That's why you pay. That's why you pay other people to do it, you know. There's salons for these things. Salons. Um, yeah, let's do it. We keep moving on because there's a lot of content here. The episode three was um, the the underwater planet with, uh, and that was the one with um, da- Damien Eccles about uh, ceremonial magic. Yeah, he's an interesting character. Yeah, now I was a little bit confused listening to this, and I listened to the podcast as mm-hmm. well. Actually, I don't think all of it. I skipped through a bit of the actual podcast. Yeah, he was talking a lot of, about a lot of spiritual stuff, Buddhism, meditation, kind of saying like linking magic to jesus in the bible but do you know anything deeper about this sort of this magic stuff because i'm not i wasn't sure exactly what he was talking about yes um is this like david blaine go on sorry no no No, magic magic with a k at the end so 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 magic ck at the end do you remember when we were in Sligo visiting our friend Dan. Yes. Is it WB? No, it's not WB8. No. WB8, yeah. He's from Sligo. It he is re- he references WB8 in the episode. I remember that, yeah. Does he? He does. He talks about... in the Yeah, in the animation, yeah. Um, there's a bit just before they talk to Joey Diaz. He does the voice of a character. Yeah. Just before he pops up. <laughs> He's talking Blue about... Blue cheese and go fuck your mother. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah. He's talking about how uh, how the magic came from what is now modern day Iraq and moved to the West. And then it got popularized by a group uh, by a group of people who are into occult and stuff. And one of these people was WB Yates. Now that's a very oh. dumbed down version because I can't yeah. remember everything the guy said. Well, yeah, WB Yates was part of the circle, and I, I remember our friend Dan actually explaining to us once when, you know, because WB Yates has graffiti on the walls in, in Sligo where he came from, yeah. a famous writer uh, from Ireland, and uh, yeah, it turns out he was into the occult, he was into that kind of stuff, and yeah. I don't know, it doesn't seem, to, there doesn't seem to be any type of like satanic rituals or anything like that going on in Magic with a K, Um but it seems to be a lot about understanding your energy, like within your body, 
and kind of your attention and your focus on where that's going and how it's flowing and and if there's energy blocks so it seems to connect a lot of different kind of concepts we have anyway about like chakras and energy centers and then like the law of attraction got very popular a decade ago with like the book like the secret and then um, there was yeah, a book yeah. based on Abraham Hicks. Have you ever heard of that person? No. That, that, no, uh, I have That, like, Who's speaks this? true people um, to talk about energy and talk about how human beings have frequencies inside us. And so at what rate we vibrate and what we the pictures and the thoughts and the emotions that we put yeah. inside of us are connecting us with our future um, and bringing these things into us and i think that magic seems to have a lot of that in it um so so when he was in prison for a crime he did not commit he would practice a lot of this you know yeah. he would get uh, beaten up a lot he would get attacked he was he was stabbed he was abused by the prisoners and the police the, the security in there and the only way he would yeah. find peace would be like by doing these forms of meditation and and by enjoying where he was and realizing that this is exactly where he needed to be um, and you know even if you don't have yeah. fate or believe in what is it the removal of free choice that you know you're meant to be there I, I guess yeah. it's similar enough to what's being said in the last episode you know about facing your own mortality that yeah. it's, even if you don't believe in those things giving into the present moment and, and allowing where you are to be exactly where you need to be allows all this stress to be removed from you even if where you are isn't where you want to be, even if, you know, in any situation, prison's extreme, but like, let's just say you're living at home at the moment and through this whole thing, you don't have the job you want and you are uncertain of the future as many of us are. I'm not saying do nothing and I'm not saying don't think and don't like question things and observe and, and, and look forward to a future when you have work again and all that. But I, but I guess a type of surrendering to the present and being like, this is my heaven. This is exactly where I need to be. Mm. There's a peace in that, and and so, yeah, he's an, he's he's an interesting person to listen to talk. They they talk about that a lot throughout the whole series. They touch on meditation, and kind of, uh, being uh, in the moment, in the present moment, and as a way of like meditating, and clearing your mind, and being in your body, and 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 clearing all thoughts. And they touch on it again in different contexts. And um, I mean, it, it's funny. It does like it's it's funny because I, when we started watching this, the, um, like I, when, I, when I referenced my granddad earlier, I had this moment where I was like, oh, why didn't I know some of this stuff sooner? Why didn't I know this stuff, you know, three or four months ago? And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. The show only came out. Uh, it came out at 420. Yeah. So, well, my granddad was already gone by then. Okay, well, the podcast exists. And then I was thinking, what am I doing to myself? Um, you know what I mean? Like, I the information has always been there. I knew, I know who Duncan Trussell was. I had, never, I had known of his podcast. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm just meant to know all this stuff now. After. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I was, like, chasing my tail for a moment. And I said, well, that's kind of that's silly. And, um, and when I think about it, I've kind of already naturally gone down. I've you know the yoga route and mm-hmm. meditation route and this is kind of like i feel like it's throwing fuel on the fire a bit and it's giving me information of probably the right time for me to accept it without thinking that's bullshit or you know what i mean or you know like it's just 
I think I'm ready to take in some of the stuff now, probably because the August stuff, and probably because my granddad died, because it's like, oh, I'm more ready to hear about this stuff about death than maybe I would have been. I don't know. It's weird. I don't want to talk about fate. It was I was meant to get this information now, mm. but I feel like I'm ready to receive a lot of it. It's just a bit spooky. I I I feel the same way about his show being released to the public at a time like this as well. Do you know what I mean? At a time when mm. everyone is stuck inside and people are confused and people are upset and you know, some people are probably going through similar things as you as well, where they're losing, well, I mean, not probably, definitely, maybe under different circumstances, but yeah, losing loved ones, and, you know, being forced to mourn in a, in a very, you know, as if mourning wasn't already a, a, a challenging time for families to try and do it during this pandemic is another level, another layer of, of, yeah, of just uh, of just strain or just just yeah it's just tough it's tough on families and so having something like this you know there's so many different tools out there that are helping people and and this is just another one of them that's just kind of a nice reminder I I just think of a lot of this stuff as as stuff <laughs> I think it is stuff as stuff they're tools these are tools and you don't need to be a guru you don't need to be a meditation master you don't need to be a uh, yeah people are afraid sometimes that to, to open up into that side of things is to be a hippie and to be voodoo and to be against science and to be like oh if I just close my eyes I'll stop thinking and you know I can't stop thinking because there's shit happening out there and I need to think about things all the time but it's like it's it's tools it's tools it's just more stuff to, to add to, to better yourself and to allow yourself to be at more peace with yourself and with others and if imagine if we were all practicing more of this how how more serene our life would be and and more flow and we'd allow things to be a bit more but also yeah we'd be happier um and and i agree with you you know i i battle between this whole freedom of choice or free free choice debate you know whether our lives are if there is some type of fate can you know built for us or if we're kind of figuring out our own way and mm. There is no destiny. It's literally just, it's just balls bouncing and against walls and just hoping for something to work. Yeah. Um. But but my favorite word of all time has always been serendipity, because I just love that feeling when things come together and it's like, yeah, maybe maybe it was just accidental, but what are the what's the probability of it happening? Uh, you know, if you want to get scientific, yeah. what's the probability of it happening at that right time when I really needed to hear this, and. I don't know when I was... I was think I was talking to you about something to do with this recently. Maybe it was dream-related. But even if it wasn't meant to be as some type of fate, that still doesn't remove the magic of it coming at that right time. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad, man. I'm glad you got something out of this. It sounds silly because we're talking about, like... When you look at the visuals, if anyone hasn't heard about this and has decided to just spoil some of it for themselves and then yeah. goes and looks it up and sees the cartoon we're talking about, they'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what are they talking about? Yeah. Um, which is even more brilliant. Yeah, if you looked at just the screenshot, you would not get any of the uh, content, um, no. the spiritual content at all. You, you might get a few images of, you know, like uh, kind of Eastern spiritual images that are in there. You might recognize a few if you're familiar with it. But yeah, it is. It's 
but that's what makes it great. That's what makes it accessible. And you know what? Like when I watched the first episode, my instant thought was I was I was angry. I was yeah. like, why don't I have like a, a rake of drugs to take right now and ex- <laughs> blow my mind? Yeah. Uh, but then I watched everything and I was like, I'm glad that I'm in quarantine and uh, the the hard, harshest drug um, available to me easily is alcohol. And, you know, th- there's nothing to be gained by being buckled and watching this show just shit face um you know what i mean it doesn't help uh but having watched it i will definitely someday go back uh with something better than uh, alcohol uh, hey. f- for a second for a second flyby yeah. um you know what i mean uh, but i think it's good just to enjoy it and to ingest it um sober as well because there is big ideas you know what i mean and it's for sure it's, it's it dense the show's trippy as fuck. It's it's so trippy. Um, if you know, if someone hasn't ever done psychedelics or 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 even has, they might feel like they're definitely doing them watching the show. Again, because this polar polarity between the visuals and and what's being said, and then I guess the cartoons so so silly. The, the the visuals are so silly. I mean, they can be gory and serious, of course, but they're they're so cartoonish mm. and silly and then like the subject matter can be like life-changing so it's it's kind of yeah. jarring um definitely yeah definitely definitely good good trippy stuff to watch um there's some yeah there's definitely some bits w- in the first episode because that's the zombie zombie apocalypse one and there's, they're mm-hmm. just running around blowing off zombies heads and you kind of think oh this is actually kind of gory and then I think after a few episodes and you hear them talk about different subjects, they're talking so much about kind of life and death and all these big subjects that it makes sense to constantly show, you know, like a, a new thing being born and a little thing dying and a new thing being born, and a little thing dying. It kind of they're talking about cycles of life and creation. And so they just show you that over and you kind of not that you become numb to it, but it is a cartoon. So it's not like you're, you're seeing actual any anything that remotely relates to anything real living or dying but it just kind of reinforces the themes that you're you're listening to i think mm, that's a good point yeah so episode four is the medieval planet um that was with trudy goodman who was at the mortician and she's no sorry i skipped ahead which which one's this yeah episode four yes with um it's the medieval planet and she's like riding on a horse and she's like trying to find her lover. But the whole episode's oh, about yeah. forgiveness. It's... it's like about the power of like forgiving. Yeah. Um, again, super, excuse yeah. me, super powerful message. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think from now on we probably shouldn't drink while we're doing this. It's just us burping. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, it's about forgiveness. And you know, forgiveness is such a simple difficult in one way but a simple thing to do and something that we mm. always forget one of my favorite meditations is uh, by vision lucani he's the creator of mind valley uh, if you look up on youtube yeah. the uh, mind valley vision lucani 20 minute six phase meditation something like that it's been one of my favorites consistently okay. for years and when i first got my moment to meditation i gave her this one because i felt like it's called six phase so it actually it does a lot of different types of there's so many different types of meditation you can do but it does six different types in one. And one of them that it gets you to do is to, to bring up someone in your life that there's a, rese- uh, 
a resentment, a, a, a grudge, a friction, and you bring them up, and you look them in the eyes, and you ask them, you, know, you, you forgive them. And then what's interesting is you ask them to forgive you, which is very difficult for people when they have grudges against someone, and they're like, fine, I'll forgive you, and they do it in their meditation, and they feel this release. And then he says, now ask them to forgive you, and you're like, the walls come back up, and you're like, no, I didn't do anything. But it's like... Yeah, it's <laughs> no fuck you, and all of a sudden it's just you and like meditate on your yeah. bed, just talking to yourself. Fuck you, but I, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, forgiveness is so powerful, and um, and it works both ways. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, that's that's a tough. See, that's these episodes are so dense that like I remember this episode, but I feel like I nearly need to go back because, uh, maybe I got I was attracted to some of the subjects. In some episodes more than others but like just, just that's just such a deep well like forgiveness i mean it's you know like it's i mean one of the things i remember i, I that she touches on it's kind of it all it always comes back to you really doesn't it at the end of the day it's about forgiving yourself and letting go that you, you can only really control um how you deal with things if somebody does something bad to you um all you can control is how you react something bad happens in life you can't control a lot of what goes on outside of yourself all you can control is yourself so if you have a grudge and you can't forgive someone that's more to do with you than anything else that's tough like if you like i've never had a proper grudge i mean like somebody who maybe blames somebody for somebody else dying like that's a proper grudge that's like you know never get over till the day you die sort of stuff so how you would reconcile forgiveness in that context seems like that's a huge task and if you know that's a lot of deep thinking that's a deep well I guess, yeah when you put it to that extreme I guess I haven't had a grudge because <laughs> I was thinking about it and I was like I've had plenty <laughs> in my life <laughs> so many I you know there's been so much of me in my teens just like plotting revenge on people like you know I, I have sort of revenge I wouldn't say I necessarily had bullies, but I definitely had friends that weren't my friends that when okay. time passed a little bit, I would see kind of some of the stuff they did and how they took advantage of me being a little bit quieter or a little bit kind of more passive. And then I'd want yeah. revenge. I'd want, you know, I'd want fucking revenge. Not like I'm going to kill you, you know, nothing like that um, because I'm being recorded. Yeah. Um, but like something more along the lines of like, I don't know, just like, I'll wait my time a few years and then I'll somehow make you feel bad, like I'll make you, you know, we'll be talking someday and you'll be like, oh wow, that's so cool, the thing you did, and then I'll be like, fuck you, and then they'll be like, whoa, shit, and I'll be like, yeah, how's that feel? <laughs> I don't know, I never really had much of a plan, that's a thing, but yeah, I, I held loads of grudges, I held, for years I did, I, and I don't think I let go of them until meditation, because I realised that you're, you're only injuring yourself at the end of the day, a lot of times people don't even, yeah. sometimes people don't even know that they've upset you. And just because you feel hurt doesn't mean it's real. Uh, they mightn't even know they did anything to you. They may have not had ill intention. Or maybe they did, but they've grown yeah. up. And you have to give them the benefit of like of not being held to that past mistake. Um, a bit, And like I said, because it only at the end of the day hurts you. When you really meditate on yeah. these 
these these pains and traumas and and grudges you have in your life when you really meditate on them you can find that they're almost stored in certain parts of your body which is even more interesting because then you're like wait that's where i've had pain for like the last few months or that's where i've had pain for years it's like that pain is an emotion and it's not until i kind of yeah. let it go do i realize how much of a weight it was on me and i'm like oh shit it's like once you kind of forgive people you're like fuck why was i carrying that around you know it's not worth it do, do you mean like an actual physical pain in your body like it will manifest itself yeah it can be plenty of times a lot of times in in deep like proper massages what you find with people is they'll end up breaking down a little crying and what you you've touched on when you're massaging a certain spot and you really go to like like i'm talking about when people have like really bad pain that's going on for years when a lot of times when you miss when you get into the deep root of it, it it's connected yeah. to emotion it's connected to a memory it's connected to something that happened um yeah no our our emotions especially the negative ones they can they can get stored up in us and they can create problems and so meditation's a way to kind of face them and let them go release them from your body release mm. the release the knot release, is, release the stress is this a particular medi- meditation you're talking about is it is 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 it clearing your mind or is it like going through a specific thing you know i don't know chakras and they talk about there's different you know, like uh, somebody will guide you through uh, different concepts or whatever. For sure. I mean, I think there's different types of meditations um, that will do that. But they'll, they'll kind of all work in the same way. I mean, like there's one medita- type of meditation called body scan. Where you literally put all your mm. focus and attention to like, let's say, the top of your head. And you try and follow that feeling yeah. all the way down really slowly until you can like feel the energy, like feel behind your eyes. You can feel like your cheeks, the warmth behind your ears. And you move all the way down really, really slowly. And what you notice is there's there's healing happening when you do that. You've stopped yeah. the constant churning of the brain. You've given your body nutrition, in a way, by just giving it a little bit of tension and focus. And you're just slowing everything down. You're allowing blo- everything to move better. Your immune system, your blood flow, your breath slows down. Your body's healing in that moment. And you're not really facing yeah. any trauma. So, so... That would work, but yeah, if you can remember something that happened that you're upset about, or you felt like you upset someone, and you were to meditate on that situation, and even in that meditation, forgave them and let them forgive you, it's incredible what will come out of that. Even though it hasn't manifested into reality yet, it feels like it's sorted. And a lot of the relationships in my life where I thought they were toxic, or where I thought like I was going in circles, and I was either the one causing or the one being on the other end of it. Whenever I, I tried to meditate and sort them out in my head, I, I felt much better about those relationships. And a lot of them have seemed to, to iron themselves out since. So who knows? Maybe they were going to happen that way anyway. Maybe meditation yeah. allowed me to be more relaxed and fix my issues so I wasn't bringing it in. Or maybe law of attraction. You know, I... I created a new reality and then allowed that to come in who knows but definitely works it's so good for you it's nutri- it's nutrition for the soul man when you get good at meditation yeah. it's new it's it's like you're it's like you're feeding yourself you're like oh my god it's like it feels like you haven't eaten for ages yeah 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 no i i would second that i think i think you're further down the road uh than i am but i definitely i feel 
uh, I think probably because of the quarantine, I'm having better, more opportunities to indulge in it. And uh, I feel, yeah, it's like it's like a muscle almost. I feel my brain getting better at like letting go or being able to concentrate on nothing, you know, mm. you know, it, it, with those sort of meditations, which when you start doing it, you know, you're constantly pulling your brain back to, to nothing. Like it, that's basically what it is when you start. You're just constantly, and then eventually you get to a place where it's easier to if you have a, if you have a what's it called the fucking uh, a mantra. If you have a mantra or you're pulling yourself into your a part of your body or something, and then yeah, it does become easier. Um, is that the type of meditation yeah. you do? You like a mantra based one. Sometimes it depends. It depends. There's different. I've tried different meditations. Some of them are just ones where it's like I might put music on and I'm like just like, you know, listening, like close my eyes and just like listen to the music mm. and clear my head. Other ones are like guided ones. So the guided ones will, you'll be listening to them, explain the concept and then they'll give you a mantra mm. and then they tell you to repeat the mantra, clear your brain and anytime it wanders, just repeat the mantra again. That's the sort of ones I've been doing at the moment. Mm. Yeah, they're good. They're, they're really yeah, good. guided would usually be the thing I go to, uh, not with a mantra. Uh, the mantra thing's only been kind of new. I've only been kind of playing around with that recently, and it does do something to you. Like repeating the mm. same word over and over again does seem to help create a new type of clarity. Um, because I think I think yeah. if you have no experience in <laughs> focusing on nothing, whatever that means, uh, if you've no experience in that. Headspace app was great for that. That was the first time that I had done something that wasn't a guided meditation, where it was a meditation where there was loads of gaps between talking. And at first you're so antsy because there's no stimulus. And then you get good at it and you realize you can, yeah. you, you get good at kind of, yeah, like having a talk, letting it go, having a talk, letting it go, until eventually there's just hardly yeah. any noise going on in your head and you're able to be very, very still. Uh, that headspace app was was great but i i just moved away from that um i you, you said that i i i'm further on i've been meditating since let me think now oh my god when did i live in east wall it's been at least 5 6 years i think 6 years i've been meditating east wall yeah 24 i think that makes sense oh my god jesus <laughs> christ what, what the f when the fuck did you live in East Wall? Like I remember being over yeah. there. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good few years ago. Um, I, I think it was it was when I was twenty four. Uh, no, yeah, it Twenty five. Like just before I moved to Galway, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I was twenty five. Just before I moved to Galway, so that would make sense. But but yeah. it was then because I had a part time um, job and I was my first time properly living out at home. I had a house to myself and and the days that I was off, I had the the house to myself and. On my days off, I would just, you know, what's that thing they always say when you travel? Like, you, you won't recognize yourself. You know, it's kind of the same when you, you first move out of home and you have a house and all these new things. You're like, you're reinventing yourself. So I was trying out different stuff and I had time to play around with meditation. Mm. But I, I was so into it. I went deep. I'd never really given it time before that because I had a very busy mind. And I was always like, you know, and meditation was like the last thing I wanted to do. But I decided to try and do it and I found myself doing it for like an hour, an hour and a half, two hours at a time. And I, I was going so inside myself that I, I'd i usually be seeing space. It felt like I was in outer space. And I had such, one day I had such wow. a profound visual 
of a studio and a business and it felt so real and I was like I need to go freelance I need to quit my job I'm everything I'm doing now is to try and create momentum to get to that place because now I've got a goal now I've got a mission now I've got something in me that feels like a purpose that is like that's what I want to do that spark came out of meditation and so that's why I always tell people I'm so passionate about meditation it's because I've never really had much of a goal in my life you know I might have said oh I wanted to be an artist for a lot of years then I said I want to be a filmmaker but I never had like a and you know you know about my idea with Sejan Studios and everything I've done the last few years of Mm. freelancing business all that came from a really profound meditation in East Wall in sitting in my room coming out of it in tears just being like that was a heavy one yeah (laughs) so I I I think you can get good at it you don't have to do it for an hour but you you know the deeper you go if you can though it sounds uh, that's uh, it it will yield uh, it will yield more benefits that way the more the more you could go um, balls deep for for lack of a better word actually you're entering different brain states you know like you're you're entering your unconscious and so all the noise here of just seems to slow down and 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 wait well that's not true it's not this and this but you know what i mean you're you're entering deeper points no because that's that's the lizard brain and that's the frontal lobe and so to say this is bad and this is good is actually doesn't really make sense but but yeah you're going somewhere somewhere in the middle middle. you're going you're going down um you're going deep (laughs) for sure (laughs) <laughs> we're making this cartoon seem like like, uh, like it's no crack <laughs> like, like it's just it's it's the so best. much it's crack. amazing no but it is though uh but no it touches on meditation mm. a lot and like i said yeah like i was I, i'm dabbling and yeah it definitely encourages me to want to look in more and like the conversation we're having now um I can. I'm. I'm seeing. I'm beginning to see benefits that 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 like you're describing, at the beginning of that road, and it's it's kind of like uh, I think this analogy is used in the show at one point about like um like consciousness or or whatever. I don't know what word you want to put on it. Uh, religious, spiritual, whatever it is, with this kind of energy in the universe, and when you do things like meditate. It's like you're uh, you're a radio, and you're receiving a signal, and that like you know if the body dies, um, a lot of times humans will think, oh well, when I die, um, I'm dead, and then there's nothing, you know, it dies with the body or whatever. There's no afterlife where you're confusing, you're thinking that the signal dies with the radio, and it doesn't. The signal's out there, mm. and you're just your consciousness, your soul, whatever you want to put on that whatever word you want to use spiritual religious um is is um we're just we're just picking up that transmission mm. um, I, and i think that's um meditation seems to be talking about that sort of thing tapping into that deeper signal the ether they've had many names for it i think when you go back through um all sorts of literature and and religious stuff mm. Uh, that's a yeah that's a deep well yeah it's a deep dive i like that <laughs> yeah but that's the same thing they talk about in yeah. like the law of attraction and all that stuff that seems to be connected with this it's like you you know if you imagine like like you said with a radio if we are the radios and we decide to like set our emotions and set our vibrate our, our our vibration as in like 
how we're thinking and how we're feeling and we set it to certain frequencies, we're going to we're gonna tap into different realities or different experiences based on what we're putting out and what we're connecting with. So, like, I don't know, something in me really connects with that concept. Uh, whether it's true or not, it, if I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you're into that kind of yeah. stuff, it's definitely... There's definitely flakes and, and, and sprinkles of that in this show for sure. Um, definitely. What's the next? What's the, the next, next episode? episode we're on? Oh my god! What an episode! The next one is the the prison for simulated beings that are suffering from an existential debt and reality. Um, in this episode, there's like prisoners constantly like dying and then coming back to life, and then they're trying to get on further. Um, and a bit yeah yeah, yeah. it basically just talks about like existential existentialism is essentially that whole episode which in the prison which one are we on episode What's 5 that, episode 7 or 5 mm-hmm. I thought we were further along it's taken us ages to get you <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I know no, in a good way no there's so to... it's so juicy there's so much to talk about yes yes it was like it's it's um it's reincarnation in a sense it was talking about it's kind of talking about buddhist stuff as well of course yeah rebirth karma of course because he keeps mm-hmm. dying and they keep weighing his soul against the feather of the bird and he keeps yes. fucking up so he, he, he doesn't get through he doesn't get through he doesn't get through and he has to go back and sometimes he freaks out and he kills more people sometimes he doesn't and uh but he, he still doesn't get far far and far enough along the timeline um for it to be his end goal it's interesting yeah i mean is is that that's what some people think existence is life we just keep going around in circles right until we figure it out i don't know if the, if I mean, if that speaker talked about it in the episode but i've, I've heard this idea before you know that that also kind of tips its hat at buddhism in the sense of reincarnation and also Albert Einstein energy cannot be created or destroyed and so you know our, our our essence keeps on getting reincarnated into I don't know if into the same life or into a different life or into a different creature but we keep on yeah going but but I've heard in in some belief systems say that you you keep on redoing life until you find what your main let's say life mantra is you know your 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 goal and until you really live your life the way that your soul was meant to do it, like find out your life purpose and actually like do that and, and, and master it and then give it back to the world, until you do that, um, you're going to keep living. But until you do that, you'll, you'll pass on through and you'll, you'll be released from this compression that is the, the human experience. And I don't know if they discussed that in it, but I, I like that idea because then that means like, you know, Gandhi's probably on the other side. <laughs> it's like the material world. You kept it. You're you're trapped in the material world until you're whatever is set free. You 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 transcend to something some other realm. Yeah. Um, but this is what I always wondered with with the whole reincarnation thing. You don't remember, right? You you're reborn. Do they mean like? I don't know. I I think I don't know enough. What go on um, about the details? What are you gonna say? I'm just wondering, but I suppose I suppose it's, 
see there's, there's one thing believing in like reincarnation but then on, a, on another level i want to know is is there more like can you do you know anything that's like more practical like do i literally get reborn on this earth or is it like my atoms break down and eventually over eons they'll reform as another being and does this take trillions of years to happen or is it like my soul i'm now uh you know joe clark in in 2035 or whatever hmm <laughs> i'm talking absolute bollocks I, I, you're this not is, you're not this i can't go down this road this is a great thing this show inspires these kind of type of conversations um i don't know i see i'm confused <laughs> what are you eating what's that an orange <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> No, it's a Brazil nut, mm. but um, I underestimated uh, how uh, loud it would be. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I know how you like your Bad Brazilian things. I have to eat it now. I'm going to be talking with nuts in my mouth. Hey, like I said, man, it's Friday. You do you, right? I'm going to do me. Um, <laughs> because we're in quarantine, there's no one else to do. <laughs> uh, exactly. No, but um, I don't know, to answer your question, I don't know, because the reincarnation concept seems to be in many different philosophies. Uh, like I said there, yeah. Albert Einstein has a theory that energy can't be released because it was never created, it just exists or something. And then in Buddhism, I don't yeah. know, do, do the second we die, are we born again into like the next second of whatever's being born, and that soul is now in the baby that's born at the same time? I'm, I'm not totally sure on, on all those stuff. I haven't really looked into their mm. beliefs, but um, it is definitely, it's fascinating. These kind of topics are, are great to think about. They're, yeah, they're, they're super big. And I mean, I mean, yeah, that's that's one thing that's, that's difficult about the show is that, yeah, it gives you a lot to chew on. And mm. uh, if you just took one idea or like, if I'd say for this episode... This episode, it was, yeah, Jason Lovu. And if I just looked him up and I found, like, um, a recommendation of a book and I went to read that book, like, that, that's, like, would take a lot of time just to do a tiny bit of research. And each episode, yeah. you could do tons of research and read tons of books oh, yeah. based around each person. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, thank God uh, we do have podcasts where you can find a subject a specific subject and say okay that's an hour and a half and i can digest a, a reasonable a reasonable amount of information and then decide okay this is worth my energy i'm into this enough to go find the book that they recommended or whatever the fuck it is or go to a meditation class and find a teacher or whatever it is mm. um it's heavy though yeah it's hard it's <laughs> It is too much. I mean, that's the problem with our stupid, um, with the internet and our stupid brains, our small brains. That we, we have all this information being thrown at us. And unless you're like fucking Bill Gates who can read like 50 books a day, sometimes I feel like I'm always frustrated that I can't get more stuff done, more stuff read, researched. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that the, the kind of inner critic... I think is there and present in a lot of people and I think it doesn't help with social media because A either people are faking what's going on or B they're only showing the positive or or C 
they're just showing you their life but you're only seeing a snippet and there's no ill intent there and there's not there's no like just showing you the positive or even faking it they're just yeah. they're just putting things up but you're maybe then saying oh, I'm not as good as that person and so the problem with social media sometimes is that idea of like if you're sitting on your couch and you're not doing anything and you're trying to connect with the world and see what everyone's up to it just seems like everyone's just doing stuff and you're not and then you're like oh fuck I need to be better yeah like why am I reading loads of books right now and look this person's like read three books and this guy started a podcast and you know I'm just like a I'm on the couch and I've just eaten my seven packet of crisps like I'm shite you know I'm worth nothing <laughs> you know um yeah yeah <laughs> That's the danger. It can you can beat yourself up with it, yeah. I do it daily. I find myself it's, doing it daily, and I always try and sit with it and think. Unless I can do this constructively, I'm not going to give it time because it, it's not, it's not worth it. You know, I've spent. I think we've all gone through it, and 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 you know, we all need to practice kind of reining in. The same as like with meditation, it's not that you're just going to be like, fucking enlightened forever for the rest of time. It's it's yeah. a it's a it's a practice. It's it's like it's like exercise. You're not going to be fit after going to the gym for a month. It's you, you need to keep it up. It's part of your routine. It's it's part of keeping you strong and healthy. And and the same with meditation. It's about. It's not about being perfect. It's about realizing every now and then that your thoughts can go certain ways, and to just try and rein them back. To just try and gain a bit of, yeah, a bit of control, but also. The practice of letting go of control and and that type of balance. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We Jeez, move on. It's, it's yeah. Oh no, no, no! It's good. Well, it's well. good. Uh, no, it's. I agree with everything you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I need, I need a breath. I think almost just for a sec. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just yeah. It's so much, man. It's so it's so much. Everything in this show is a lot to to take in. Um. But yeah, it was so enjoyable. They're easy to digest in many ways. Like I, uh, I found them all enlightening and fun and like just easy breezy twenty minutes. But to be honest, I I just uh, I've just been a bit busy and I hadn't had the time to to watch the last episode. And then I I watched. I was a bit delayed with some with some stuff at dinner today and and other things. And I mm. decided to uh to watch it before starting this. And there was a few minutes where I was getting things sorted, and I was like, you know, I still had like a bit of bit of a wet eye a bit of like a, a, a sore yeah. jaw and I was like fuck shit you have to pull yourself together Jamie's like the emotions are real <laughs> but it was like that that final episode do you know what? actually no we'll get to it um, okay then will we, do you want to move on to the next episode number six we're on episode six yeah that's about the um, um, David Nietzsche this is the one where the machine yes. the simulator breaks we kind of talked about that so this is one yeah, I mean, the podcast, uh, I think we might have skipped ahead, did we? Did we skip one by accident? What do you mean? No. No, but we did already talk about that one at the All very right. start. I think we were just kind of talking okay. about things, and then we really went into that one. So, uh, do you know what? I didn't watch Seven. Yeah. I somehow missed Seven. Uh, oh, you missed Seven? Yeah. I, I realised to, right. today when I went back to watch episode mm. eight. Um, can you tell me what happened in Seven? Well, I'm... I can definitely tell you what happened in seven. Uh, I'm jealous now because it is a good one. Is it? Okay. He talks to he talks, um, he talks to uh, Caitlin Doty, um, who is a mortician, and she's she's a mortician in LA. Basically, 
what what happens in 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 the cartoon um the cartoon story is he goes to this planet and it's boring and there's nothing to do and he looks into his backpack and he falls into his backpack and his his little satchel ends up being its own complete world and he's looking for oh. a hose for a slide and then in the satchel he comes across death and death manifests itself as he wants to see it basically it says you know so he picks like a grim reaper with like a big eyeball with like a party hat and the eyeball okay. and then um, basically they just talk a lot about death and they talk a lot about um um the um the actual business of death the the debt industrial complex oh uh, and they and she explains where like embalming first came from in the american civil war when they need to embalm dead bodies so they could send them back home for people to have proper burials and mourn over the bodies before uh, they rotted and then after this and uh, all these people had jobs then as embalmers and morticians and they didn't want their their jobs to go so they then start convincing people that this is uh this is this this is the culture that you need to adopt for dealing with their bodies even though for hundreds of thousands of years we haven't been embalming bodies mm. and and giving bodies over to uh businesses and there's a very poignant line in it where she basically says that what these funeral homes do is they um uh, they come and they take the dead body away and then they sell it back to you so you can bury it and uh yeah it was it's very disturbing uh when you hear it put like that i won't say i won't go into too much detail about specifically what they talk in the episode because you know you should in, enjoy hearing them talk about it um but yeah i mean obviously you know and they go into other details as well talking about hospice and like a death doula i've heard of a birth doula before which is like kind of like a midwife it's like a spiritual midwife who will talk a woman through giving birth and stuff mm -hmm. like that in a very natural way and a death doula is kind of like the, it's like a spiritual guide when you're dying oh wow and that like it's not like a nurse who who will give you um you know morphine when you're in pain mm -hmm. it's more to to talk with you psychologically and spiritually about passing and i had no idea that that those sort of things existed yeah I, i've never heard of that before and i'm it's really good um and again yeah that was one of the things where i was like oh i wish i knew some of this stuff before my granddad died because um she talks a lot about you know like um talking because because duncan as well talks about his father passing his father died of cancer oh um, as well as his mom but I, I think i think when this was done i'm not sure if his mom was alive or dead but anyway so they talk about like him spending time with his parents while they were dying and they just talk a lot about the culture around dealing with like you know the person actually dying around their dead body and like a lot of misconceptions that like you should be able to have um you know like it's okay to have time with the the body after the person dies it's okay to you know to try some people try and not talk about death when somebody's dying it's like it's rude Mm. to say to someone oh you're dying like i want to talk about you dying you don't want to upset them you know what i mean and it leads to a lot of you know you end up bottling down a lot of things and not facing a lot of things and then it's too late it's months later and you think oh you know somebody i know died and I never actually got to to deal with it properly so it's, it's a great mm. subject yeah that's a good point no but like 
I mean, I, I, I see what you mean about, I, I wish I listened to the episode beforehand and, you know, and, and, and we always have those feelings, I think, in those situations, you know, oh, what if I did this? Oh, I wish I did that. Um, but, the, but the thing is, and like you said, that type of information in a way ha- has always been out there. And so I guess, you know, and also with everything going on with the coronavirus, with the pandemic, it just it just made everything much more challenging and confusing for everyone. Um, but but yeah. that does seem to be something that I, I guess is good for us to remember. That like when mm. someone we we know is is passing, maybe maybe we should encourage a place for them to be able to talk and not uh, not give in to any type of societal manners that say that you, you shouldn't discuss these things just because they're heavy. It's like no, they're important. It happens to all of us. We should be discussing it, and and not to get down, but to yeah. to 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 get to a place of understanding. Well, not understanding, maybe, but but something. We should yeah. try. We we should be striving to get to a better place in 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 discussing that for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think uh, I do feel lucky being Irish because we do have a different relationship mm-hmm. towards funerals and stuff like that. It's more, I guess, casual in a weird sort of way compared to other cultures, and about like uh, like having wakes and people being around the body um so i i think in some it's a double-edged sword in some respects we do quite well especially when i was listening to this particular podcast and i was reflecting i was like there's some things we do well and there's some things we don't do well um it that changes probably from family to family as well as just uh how the person wants to if they're go, how they want their body to be handled after that do they want to go to a funeral home or do they want the humanistic ceremony they want to be you know no uh, formaldehyde or whatever they put on you whatever uh, preservatives um no uh, coffin put me in a wicker basket i want to i want to uh, decompose naturally under the ground or mm. you know are you going to go through the other process um i mean yeah i mean like uh when I think about my granddad, the um, uh, yeah, the the whole virus thing, uh, messed it up because you know you uh, there was only uh, a few people who were able to be around him, um, when when he actually died, um, so there's a lot of anger and stuff about not being able to be there, but then that's just out of your control. There's the another side of it where like they uh, the people who were there did spend time with the body my grandmother did like did like sleep next to him pretty much before they took took him away the next morning and i think that was a great thing for her to be able to do that in other cultures maybe in america um they might you know somebody could have come in and taken the body away uh, very quickly if he had been in hospice he could have been taken away very quickly and i don't think that would have been right or necessary so I feel lucky in that regard that you know, yeah, we tick some yeah, maybe, of those boxes. Maybe they do do that in America, um, which is weird. It is weird to kind of relate to because I, I've I've never thought about it before. But like that period, that kind of that stillness of acceptance and letting go is is really important. Like you were talking about. Um, 
sorry, was it called? The Wake? About seeing the body. Yeah. And how maybe they don't do it in the same way in America, is it? I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen it in movies, though. But maybe they do it in a different type of way. But yeah. Yeah, we, we do that they in They do Ireland, put the body on display. Maybe it's a bit strange. Mm. Like, look, I get, I, I can understand if it's not something we, you've grown up in. It's, it might seem odd. Even growing up in it, I find it's a, a little bit odd. But maybe because I haven't been at many funerals, but my granddad, my auntie. I think that's maybe a friend's uncle that's about it but um yeah but 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 likewise to that moment of of, of seeing someone you care about pass it's it's similar to that even though it might be a, a bit of time after it's 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 about acceptance it's about letting go it's about facing reality about seeing it and kind of yeah allowing a piece to be made or something i, I that's it's really important that's you know it that that's exactly it and like they talk about that mm. directly in the episode that it's um important to be there um and that like traditionally for example they touch on this notion that like the the undertakers and the embalmers they, they come and they take the body away and they do all this stuff to it um and that like what what used to happen um like hundreds of years ago to hundreds of thousands of years ago is that the people who the family members would come in and they would clean the body and they would dress the body and they would lay out the body to be seen the family members would do that and they explained that this idea of um, a dead body being dangerous that it harbors disease and bacteria is like unless the person dies of 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 ebola or coronavirus or something like that a body actually becomes much safer when it dies because um, you know, like, how do you get coronavirus? Somebody coughs in your face. A dead body's not going to cough in your face. You know what I mean? It's not going to sneeze. Um, so there's, there's, they point there yeah. some misconceptions that um, are very true. And although it's tough, it's probably important that families did that. I think so. I think it, it's really important. I mean, I remember we had a friend in college, a mature student. I, I, w- I wouldn't like to name her, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but she explained her mother died and she had her she got the undertakers to lay her out on on the kitchen table in uh, like her mother had a favorite um a tablecloth and and they put the tablecloth around her on the table and then they put her into like a coffin she had her laid out on the table because it had more to do with how she saw her mother and and that like you know like her mother you know hosted dinner or whatever it was it was her favorite tablecloth then letting these other people come in and control the ceremony around the death like which doesn't make sense you know oh you're in mourning you can't cope we'll just take care of it for you you know it's it's uh it's kind of upsetting really because it's such an important moment it is and and to be honest I've never done well around funerals. I've always found the whole thing kind of frustrating and it, it brings out a confusion and an anger in me, maybe because I don't totally agree with all Christian traditions or the organisation as a whole. But, and, and, I, and I can see what you're saying about the taking away the personalization, taking away kind of your right to maybe grief and, and just struggle with the grief, but still have it be yours because it's your family member. Um, yeah as a business that that does seem kind of fucked up but I I guess in another way there is people that are very thankful that these people come in and and 
do all that so that they don't have to think about it. But maybe maybe we've just grown up in that culture and that's why we accept it more. But like a lot of my family members would be would know the what do you call them undertakers? Yeah. That come to the house and Undertakers do all that. Yeah. Undertakers? I'm just thinking of war wrestling. Uh, <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, it, was, right. it wasn't even the beer, it was the water that time. It's not coronavirus. Yeah, don't drink water, man. What are you doing? No, go back to the beer. Trying to hide Your it. Irish liver can't handle um, that stuff. I, I know, yeah. I still have loads. I'm drinking it so slowly. It's just, not, it's not as fun anymore, is it? <laughs> than being in the pub. I'd be like four points deep at this stage <laughs> in the pub. Yeah. You know, I can't even get you a half a bottle. Man, my liver is going through. My my liver is going through a hell of a detox. Jesus Christ, it's been. Mm, me too. Yeah. It, it went through. Putting I, on I a bit made of timber. It some some stuff it hasn't done since its early 20s in 2019 yeah well the last episode yeah. then is with his mother um yeah so how do you describe this a mouse of silver that's the episode name okay and uh, it's a journey through uh, the cycle of birth life and death yeah um so he's talking he's basically talking to his mother and they're walking around and they're kind of their their cartoon avatars are aging, and then his mother dies, and then he gives birth to her again, and they keep talking, yeah. and then they turn into planets, and then they're two talking planets that get sucked into a black hole, and this is all to the yeah. conversation of her telling him how he was born and raising him, and then they go on to talk about psychology and child psychology. And then they talk about uh, she has cancer and they talk about her mortality. So obviously he's discussing that with his mother and there's a few moments where it gets very emotional and he gets very upset. And they're dealing with some heavy things, but they talk about it and, and she talks to her son so gracefully about mm-hmm. um, her own mortality that um, it's, yeah, it's quite moving. It's very touching. Oh God, yeah. I, I obviously didn't have a chance to, to check if like when that podcast was recorded and if she's still alive but I wasn't sure what to expect by the end of it but yeah it's so no, so no. moving um, watching a planet get sucked into a black hole while another planet is just watching it and mm. and have it be done with that silly cartoon visuals but yet be feeling so much is is, a, is such a it's just proof of, of, of how powerful the content is you know, because yeah. don't get me wrong, the visuals are cool, but like, they're in a lot of ways they're done kind of like in a childish sense or something. It's yeah, but but you can just hear it in their voices. They're both so authentic, and they're just they're it's a mother and a son discussing a mother's uh, illness and and how she wasn't meant to live that long, and now she's been going on for four years and. You know, maybe she, I don't know. It's just it's it's very very touching and very moving. But also, she's aware like it won't last forever, and maybe that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. She says she says one thing in the episode that I thought was very poignant, and it's kind of like um, that. Yeah, humans are just temporary. Like everything else in the world is temporary, and you see plenty of things in your life come and go. Whereas leaves on a tree are just 
things change and move on and humans seem to think that we're almost immune to that but like humans we just come and go with everything else mm. in the world it's just kind of so simple it's still hard to accept but it's you know it's just a part of the whole cycle and it's, it's all about accepting it yeah accepting and she talks about the ego death as well mm. yeah that was very deep that was I, I forget exactly to what in what sense she was talking about it but I mean it kind of touches with everything that we've been discussing I mean you can you can have an ego mm. death through an intense meditation um, for anyone like to describe to describe what an ego death is and I don't know if you can just have one or, or if there's levels to it but it's basically when you kind of I think an ego death is yeah the definition would be when you when you let go of your body it's about letting go of the you material let go of your world body. in a way yeah I think you, you become detached from like Terence McKenna him? Yeah. Terrence McKenna. Yeah, I know of Terrence McKenna. Yeah. He, he Bill Hicks he used to like reference a, him, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Bill Hicks uh referenced Terrence Terrence McKenna yes. before. Yeah. Eating loads of mushrooms and stuff. He was like he was like Yeah, he was a mushroom connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, him and his brother are, are, are well known in the, the psychedelic world and the, the therapeutic and medicinal world alternative medicine world for for their their work in psilocybin mushrooms uh, also known as magic mushrooms and how they believed how powerful these were and how good they were for your psyche and terence mckenna would talk yeah. about the first time he took what he calls a heroic dose which was like i think is it five grams or something no 15 i don't know but he said that th- at one point he he saw a shadow come into a room and he was talking to the shadow until he realized it was him. And at it's like that horror film. <laughs> it's like the Babadook. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 but that's the thing. That's what she talks about in this. That she talks about it is scary. Or he says it. She doesn't. He says it's scary. Because to have an mm. ego death means to remove the attachment to the physical world, to, to remove of the materialism, to remove from your identity, to, to realize that, you know, Graham is just an idea. Graham is just, me too. Graham is just this vessel for the observer what? to be observing true. And, and when you have an ego debt, you, you, you kind of expand your consciousness in a sense because you're not just thinking about Graham. You're, you're almost watching Graham instead of just being him. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, th- I think that's kind of, in my words, how I would describe what an ego death does and, and psychedelics and meditation are both ways of getting there. It doesn't sound like fun for a lot of people, but it, it has a lot of has a lot of benefit to your life. Yeah, I could, I could understand. I know the way some people say um, uh, with some of the heavier psychedelics, uh, that if you're not ready or as in like you haven't been introduced to some ideas like the one you just described that it be- could become as such a, a shock that mm. you could be kind of fucked up um, because <laughs> maybe yeah. yeah if you haven't yeah if you're not introduced to those ideas of like an ego debt and kind of outside of yourself um yeah you might think that you're actually dying or something or yeah you're, you, you you wouldn't want to let go of of what you 
what the material attachments of your being or something you know uh, yeah that's a bit too mm. deep for me to the, to grasp right now I, I attempted to grasp it there but it's just that's too slippery i can't get my fingers around <laughs> um, who would have known that like this simple cartoon would have would have us like going down through all these amazing I topics I, I, I can't think of another format that would be able to do it so well mm. and and, and get away you know with what it. I mean? Yeah, to get away with it because it, yeah, because they're just conversations, and especially the one with his mother because it's his mother, so it's real. You know, it's not yeah. like orchestrated. Like if you if you wrote if you could somehow write the dialogue that well and got two actors to come in and do it, it just still wouldn't have the same impact because you, oh. you would know it's not real. Um. So the bonus is really just having the the brilliant animation on top to supplement these ideas to really enforce them and it's just wonderful to watch they're just really beautiful animations yeah i mean yeah i'm yeah that's tough and i listened i i had to listen to the actual podcast him and his mother and um yeah wow and like yeah all the all the all the 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 main stuff is in the episode really the stuff they took out was just kind of extra fact that you know would just would, would lose time but there's a lot of long silences in it especially at the emotional moments and it almost um it's the only context where like the longer the silence the better it gets because it really like grinds you down because yeah. you can tell like he just can't talk because he's gonna cry and it's just like fuck you know it's really like like he's actually talking to his mother about like his mom dying you know what I mean? Like I haven't like it's it's crazy. Like this is what like I said like when Anna was listening to me watch the episode, she was crying, and I asked her about it afterwards, and she said that like it was emotional, and it was emotional because of the fact that a a a, a child and a parent would have that conversation, that most parents and children wouldn't have that conversation to begin with, let alone on a podcast. And the funny thing is, maybe it happened because it was on a podcast. Maybe. That was the con yeah. context to have the conversation. But the good thing is, is there's nothing sens sensationalizing about it. Does that make sense? No. Like he's, like, no, not at all. Like, like... trying to figure out exactly what i'm trying to say here he's he's not using ah oh, you know you know what i'm trying to say without me needing to say it is it is it like it if it took itself really seriously like a like a drama like a heavy drama tv show with top actors in it or some bullshit and it took itself super seriously you'd be like this is a lot of bollocks you're trying to talk to me about all these ideas and it's hokey pokey and it's hollywood where this is just like a, a crazy little cartoon, but it actually has more heart. It can express more heart. Like like a big film, a three-hour film, could, could really only pick one of these topics and explore it thoroughly. Where this can can kind of do it all by default because it's just a, it's a real conversation. It's kind of a trick. It's a funny little trick, in a sense, but a beautiful one. Like I said, man, they got away with it. 
<laughs> Which sounds like a strange oh, thing to say about things everyone should hear, but the thing is, I, I feel like maybe because of our egos, a lot of us don't want to hear this stuff because it's it's yeah. there's some type of comfort in not facing debt. There's some type of comfort in not facing forgiveness and forgiving people that have done you wrong because it makes you so strong and angry to just be full of rage for all those people that did you wrong because you're right and they're wrong and uh, and to not meditate because I don't want to sit down and think of nothing because to think about all my thoughts and to keep churning about all these thoughts makes me feel alive and makes me feel like I'm doing something I need to be doing something because if I'm not doing something then I don't exist and how can I not exist because I'm I'm here I exist it's 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 (laughs) Yeah, it's that's what I mean. They got away with it. They sneaked in yeah. all these amazing things we should all be trying to embrace and learn about and and, and encourage each other to... to um, I don't know. The world would be a better place if we all watched that cartoon. That's all I'm saying. I, I think so. I think, yeah, I think these are all brilliant ideas. And, you know, like, I'm not, like, a religious person in terms of, like, traditional religion, for example. You know, like, yeah, Christianity... Islam, uh, but the way they they talk about some of the subjects, there's there's bits where they talk about Jesus, and stuff, and they introduce it from the kind of point of view of not the, the um, the the in the institution that you know the institution of the Roman Catholic Church that's existed for, uh, thousands of years or hundreds yeah thousands of years, uh, it's like let's just talk about it spiritually. And that there's an ancient text and that you have access to it yourself. You don't need a, a institution that's going to tell you to hey, gay people or whatever, whatever route they want to go down. You have access to the spiritual information by yourself. And I it kind of framed it in a way where I would be more open now to say, OK, I, let me learn a little bit more about what Jesus had to say. Not through any sort of lens mm-hmm. from uh, from a, from an institution. But just like like I, I do, these are books, ancient books that have have stuck around for one reason or another and we can learn something from them and we can probably learn something that can better ourselves. We, we don't have to bring all the bad shit with us, mm-hmm. all the bad baggage that's come along with us. Um, so like, like, like I didn't think that I would have any sort of reaction like that from, from, a, from a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Are you saying you're a born again Christian? Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have a pain in my yeah. You know, I have a I have a pain in my body, uh, in my butthole, and through meditation, I want to release that pain and uh, get closer to Jesus. Are, are you, are you metaphorically telling me you need to take a shit? No, no, no. I, oh, okay. I did that earlier. Okay, great, great. <laughs> no, no, I I empty everything out release. before these podcasts. Good, I, my good. bells are empty. One. My bladder has been emptied. I tr- try to be, you know, I don't want to interrupt the a cast full, uh, for uh, anima for what? number one. Oh, anima, that's not oh, the word. Anima, anima, anima. Anima. What's it called? What are you, you talking get, like, about? When you get like a thing stuck up your ass and you get like washed out from the inside, a colonic. That's when they put a a colonoscopy. Oh fuck! Oh colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah. What's an anima? Yeah. Anima? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But look, sure. Um, I'm gonna Google it now, and I'm gonna judge you uh, based on the <laughs> oh, results. Jesus. Um, 
Well, that's allowed. Let me know. Let me know what comes up. uh... (laughs) Go back and watch the seventh episode. Save it up for some time over the weekend. Oh, yeah. No, I will. Um, I will, actually, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's so good. And, yeah, I mean, I have to say, yeah. Yeah, it deals a lot with that. A lot of them ended up dealing with that. And, obviously, he's lost both of his parents. So, that's why maybe they were the most poignant podcast to choose um they certainly helped me reflect on my granddad's passing um in ways where i thought you know like yeah like i said before oh i wish i had known this or i wish i had done things differently and then in another way it was was reassuring you know uh it's funny because when the whole virus thing happened he was already sick and i was very we knew it was stage four cancer so we knew it was bad it was like months at best and i was i felt very ready to be there you know what i mean uh without sounding Mm -hmm. too morbid i was like i want to engage actively in him dying i don't want to like ignore it yeah you know you know that sort of way when people they can't accept it so they don't think about like i want to be there and unfortunately i was regularly visiting all the time really just up until uh, a couple of weeks before he died and because of the virus then i couldn't i just couldn't visit anymore and that was you know what i mean it's very frustrating when you think oh no i'm ready to deal with his death i want to be like i want to be there in the room when he's passing i want to experience it i want to be there for him and i want to experience it for my own sake and then you feel like it gets taken away and it's Mm -hmm. it was very frustrating and angry. I think the first thing I felt after he died was I was like angry, angry. A lot of people like people uh, around um, blame, I suppose, sort of blaming people, not running around screaming at people, but just kind of mentally in my head thinking, oh, you know, jumping at all these conclusions. Mm-hmm. But then like ultimately, and I think this is something I reflected on on watching, especially that, that episode that, that you've missed. Uh, really? Fuck. No way. No, about the, about the, the ceremony around the dead body itself and stuff. And fortunately enough, we, we when he died, we were able to have a, uh, he he was laid out in a funeral home, and there was only you know ten of us, only ten of us were allowed to go, and, and view the body. And I did. I wrote like a letter of shit I wanted to say that I never got to say. So I like read it to his body, which is a very surreal thing because. Uh, you know, people always look different when they're dead and they're in a coffin and they look smaller and all, all that weird shit. But it was like, even though I didn't get to be there, I didn't get to say it. It was like just as important, obviously not for him anymore because he's not there, but for me to do that. You know what I mean? So it's all a part of that kind of, of that process. And it's like, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, what's what's the point? Like, there's the, obviously there's a grief part of it where you mm. miss the person. But this kind of silly, awkward dance that people might do around a, a body is like the least helpful thing in the world when you're trying to actually deal with the fact that the person is dead, you know? Like you have to be able to touch the body and to see that like they are dead. Like that's damn. That's definitely my granddad. But he looks completely different. I need to see that to be like, oh, that's his meat shell. But like what the living part of him is gone now. And like. It was, I'm glad I got to it sounds horrible I'm glad I got to see his body that 
in the middle of all this this pandemic because it allows you to accept it you know mm-hmm. yeah it yeah. accepts you to it allows you to i guess let go because because if if you don't see mm. the body and you don't get to to face it face that yeah. that reality then you know because that's that's a big thing as well people always say I don't want to see them like that. I don't want to see them getting sicker. I don't want to see them at the end because I want to remember them as they were. And even people that are unwell will sometimes say that I don't just see me like this. I want you to remember me as I was when I was tall and strong. Yeah. And I get that in one way. I feel like there's a pride in me that would understand that as well because I don't like. Yeah. I don't like people seeing me as as like even when I'm sick. I don't like. I don't like to really be taken care of. I like to bounce back. I don't like to be weak. I don't like to feel like I depend yeah. on others. So I get that. I get that pride in one way, but it's yeah, yeah. But it's it it's there. There needs to be a type of peace to be made with with the fact that nothing's ever stays the same in life. Everything's constantly changing. It's the only thing we can ever be sure of, and we don't last forever. And the fact that we ever play that game in 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 religion, well, not religion, but in 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 our culture is is maybe trying to protect each other, but it's not healthy. We shouldn't. We we should constantly, maybe not constantly, but we should like, we should visit the concept of debt. I mean, it's it's one of the most powerful meditations that I'll yeah. say you ever do, where you meditate on your debt. And I think that's one thing they say in this show that that meditation is preparation for debt. And I don't fully understand that sentence, but I I, I feel it. Yeah. I kind of feel what they mean, but I don't I don't actually know what they mean by that. I can't break that sentence apart. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a heavy one. That is a heavy one. Um, yeah, no, I, I understand. I know, yeah, there's... I haven't... I've been lucky. I haven't had too much uh, death in my life or anything like that. People are really close to me. Um, but I have known of people who, yeah, they died of illnesses and they they didn't want, like, an open casket or viewings because some people, yeah, you die of an illness... And if it's a very slow illness, you you know you have to watch yourself deteriorate, and then yeah, there's an element of the sickness and the death that people want to hide away. You know, it's funny. It's and I think this is this point is made at, at one point in the show that um, uh, sex and death are two things that are kind of hidden away from public view, which mm. is life and death, two of the most important things, and. Uh, yeah, and in that episode, that episode seven, there's a reference made. If you know, is our culture, the Western culture, culture a debt denial culture? Mm. As in, you know, um, we don't talk about ordinary debts every day. We talk about uh, the massacre, or or um, or we see kind of cartoon debt. We see fake debt on, in films, um, but real debt in terms of like factory chickens. Um, and and other stuff are hidden away and it's, it makes a really good point because back you know hundreds of years ago more more people lived on farms than they lived in in cities or, or towns and everybody would have to kill their own animals or whatever that you know they had a closer relationship with debt and then you would bury your own dead and now everything's sanitized and moved away and hidden into factories and, and funeral homes and it's not really helpful because you run around your whole life then trying to just ignore it and never dealing with it and like what's 
that's it seems uh that just doesn't seem like the answer Mm-mm. no no we we should we should mature as we get older with the concept of death and and, yeah. and be be allowed to face it and you know you made a good point there it might be a small subtle domino but it's it's still part of the the big equation you know killing animals <laughs> not that i'm saying we should all be going around snapping necks of chickens but like at least on a farm as opposed to like a big massive uh, one of these you know you think about like you think about what what McDonald's has done to the fast food industry and how the fast food industry has made us all think that we need copious yeah. amounts of meat at every meal and then you know we we kind of touched on this in a recent episode that like yeah the mass consumption of meat is a reason to go vegan or at least strive to go more vegan because it's it's just not good for the the animal kingdom it's not healthy for roast amount the chemicals the way those animals are treated being close to each other it it harbors new diseases like so it's it's not a smart thing yeah for any reason um but but also because that's constantly happening our food is taken away from us and other than just like farming fruit and vegetable a thing that humans have naturally done you can argue it but we've we've ate animals we've always ate animals uh yeah and and to, to kill your own animal you know the american indian native american indians uh the rib uh, aborigines would is that what they're called yeah what native native a uh, tr- um indigenous american indigenous. people indigenous yeah in indigenous yeah the tribe names they have like a million different tribe names yeah um but they would talk about so you have to list them all they would talk about hunting down an animal and then and then um, killing it as quickly as possible, and then mm. like being very very present with the fact that you just killed something, and they would talk about like praying to their gods or whoever, uh, maybe it was a type of mother nature, but they would pray and they would thank that they're about to have this be- this feast, and that they they that they were given this life to now uh, consume and have for their village, and I just think there's something, there's something in that that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, how do I make that relate at all to, <laughs> um, but, but there's also, <laughs> it just kind of went off on a tangent. Oh, there was only one beer as well. Um, but sure, look, <laughs> this is why you have a podcast, but no, I, um, there's, yeah. I also, I remember watching, I know what you're saying. Um, I remember watching a show on Netflix where they talked about different cultures around funerals and there's just one place in Africa where they do similar to what you had mentioned maybe half an hour ago, um, the family stay with the dead. Once someone has passed, they kind of create like a type of a tent and people come in and they, they talk to the dead person. They, they, they talk to their loved one and they say things that they want to say to the body. They dress it up. They, they And it, it goes on for a few days where they, people come and give gifts and it's a whole kind of like ceremony. And, and people just, like, they eat beside the body. They make it, like, very normal. And, like, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that's t- totally right and what we do is totally wrong. But at least... You know, they're upset that their loved one's gone. But they also... They've kind of accepted that's what happens. And... Because that's part of their, cl- their, cl- yeah. their culture. They're closer to death. Physically and emotionally. They're literally beside yeah. their loved one. And... There's something about that that I definitely think, like you said, Western 
Western society could learn from. Um, and I don't know if we, we hide it away because of religion or because of business or because of just... It was just something that we started in culture and we've just continued it on. But yeah, there, there seems to be a, a fear and an ignor, ignor, like a, a resistance to anything to do about debt. And uh, we should we should definitely yeah. welcome it more because we're all going there. <laughs> you know, it's... I know it sounds weird to say it out loud, but it's true. It's true. We're all going to eventually die at some yeah. point. And, and accepting it and knowing that eventually it will happen until then you just need to embrace life that's that's really the antidote i think yeah yeah there's definitely yeah it seems that like if you're if you're open to the information you can you can prepare for it you can prepare for it in a way where you experience it in in a different way rather than resisting it and i've i'm sure we've all heard stories i've heard stories in my family of 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 relatives and stuff who, who have who have passed and um you know fought the whole way to the bitter end couldn't accept it you know what i mean and didn't have particular pleasant passings and it's not just bad for the people around who have to deal with that but it's bad as well for um for the person themselves you know they don't get to sit and meditate on their own mortality and their own passing you know what i mean and uh, that's kind of disturbing as well, you know. You'd want if you if you were fortunate enough to have a peaceful death where you fade away or something, you know, it's a gradual thing, and, and you know it's coming. Gives you a great opportunity to reflect on the present, on the past, and the actual process of dying. You know what I mean? Like that's, I mean that's just as important as birth, isn't it? It's the enter yeah. and the exit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, birth, you don't really get to know anything about your own birth, really. You hear the story, but you don't get to experience it. And then your own debt, you do get to experience it. But unfortunately, it's the last thing you ever get to experience. So you can't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have a podcast about your own debt, unfortunately. Uh, but we can yeah. we can still talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's so important. Yeah, this whole show opened my mind to that of like, oh, like... Uh, debt in particular all the subjects that opened my mind to but debt in particular has become more uh, approachable mm. yeah so just some light Friday evening chit chatter <laughs> between two lads I love these kind of chats though fuck me <laughs> <laughs> cheers hey oh, cheers man clink 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 clank so yeah, oh my highly recommend it. <laughs> definitely watch yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I hope they make a season two. Like you said, look, I, uh, Irish people in one way, we have a closer maybe relationship um, with funerals and with debt and we have like a maybe more informal approach. You know, we have like, a, you know, sometimes there'll always be one person kind of making jokes at a funeral, I find, and, and, and not in like a get the fuck yeah. out of here Uncle Joe like not that kind of way it's just like <laughs> <laughs> just like in a in a in just like a relaxed Irish expectance expected kind of ways ah oh, fuck I'm losing my words man it's, yeah. getting, it's getting late into it um, <laughs> being, I get it no I understand yeah Irish yeah. people it's have important to a have funny that sense way. of humour 
Yeah. Yeah, we have a humorous way about talking about death, I think, and, and just the Irish spirit about about it all. And then, you know, we end up in a pub and everyone gets drunk. That seems to be a very Irish funeral thing. And I completely lost my point. But I, well, I think, oh, I, I think I, what I was going to say... I, was that um, this seems like heavy, heavy topics. Um, but it's mm. it's good to talk about it. And... Nah, yeah. no, nah, I have no idea. Don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, but what you were saying about the humour thing, I think is is so important. That is a very Irish thing. That uh, uh, mm-hmm. Funeral humour, I guess. I, somebody might say a speech, or there might be a story told, or just like a... Ser- a, a a funny situation, you know that sort of way. Um, to relieve the stress, and, I guess. Yeah, it just, it just. But see, humor is always humor is kind of something. Humor is a bunch of things. Usually, it's always connected somehow to the truth. Mm. Good, you know what I mean. That it's connected to you. Recognize the truth in it. So when somebody tells the truth about a person, and maybe it could be inappropriate in the classical funeral setting like this person gave out about funerals and you say that at their own funeral it becomes funny you know mm-hmm. um, and that's you're capturing something that was real about that person or just in any other uh, scenario um, like that like you know like uh, something with the body I don't know whatever it is um, but it helps you accept it because you're, you're dealing directly with um the debt itself I mean that's what it is I mean there's a whole mental gymnastics I guess you can do about debt but then the reality of it is the person is there and then they reach a point and then after that point they're dead and their, their body's there and then yeah. their body's different because the life has left it I mean it's really simple it's just everything around it is complicated yeah I guess that's a good way of pointing it yeah, I guess it is. You know, you're you're dealing with loss. It, and it's simple in that sense. Your your emotions and everyone else's emotions and and the way I guess it ripples and affects everyone get makes it complicated. But I guess it doesn't have to be. It's being prepared. I think it's it's it being yeah. prepared is a huge part of it. If you're fortunate enough, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like. Um like in a very tragic circumstances where the person uh, person dies is very young and it's like a, sh- a shooting or a, 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 a instant death car crash whatever these horror situations where there's no opportunity for the person or for the people around them to accept the death that's just that's that's a, that's like a vacuum opens up immediately that's very difficult I've been fortunate enough to never have anything like that anywhere close to me, close mm. enough where it, it to have an impact. Um, but yeah, if you can have that, if you can have a, if you can prepare, if the person and and the people around them can prepare, that's the best you can hope for. Yeah, I guess I guess in a lot of ways, what this animation has done is opened up our eyes to the biggest subject that there ever could exist in your life which is the fact that eventually you won't have it um 
and it's yeah it's kind of odd that we don't yeah. discuss enough and that it always brings this weird feeling of like oh my god I, like at some point i won't get to exist and and the people i care about won't get to exist but it's it's natural it's 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 not that it's good but it's 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 not bad it it has to happen it's part of nature um seasons change yeah. you know what i mean when when leaves fall off a tree it can sometimes be upsetting and and of course i'm not trying to relate them totally together because that seems very insensitive but the, but seasons change and things die and then they revert and there's this cycle that's happening and sometimes as humans we're so locked into our experience we don't get to see the bigger cycle and maybe that's part of what an ego death is 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 reattaching from the physical and, and seeing the bigger picture and when you see the bigger picture it's not that you you become less sensitive and you care less it's just that everything has some type of like universal perfection where everything else it doesn't not that it doesn't matter as much but it's not as i don't know it doesn't it doesn't destroy you as much and 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 so with that in mind we we, we yeah. should meditate on debt more we should try and embrace the fact that it happens and that's it's ha it's going to happen to in life and and we yeah. should yeah especially as we get older we should have more tools at our disposal um f for dealing with those situations like you said um for when we have loved ones dying or when we are going through it ourselves because like i i was so touched by that final episode and like you like you said like how his mother spoke to him about her own mortality is just so so touching that it literally like it like touched a part of my soul like it came into me and yeah. it, it poked me in a in a place where i felt so vulnerable you know uh what what uh no but like yeah, it's, it's um no but it's true and it's and it's like and therapy it it is it is um it's like therapy and she says something very important in that episode uh yeah that, that he's talking about like losing her and it's done a hurt and it doesn't no amount of um talking about it isn't going to make her hurt any less and she says something to the effect that like you know she she's going to die but her love the love between them isn't going to die he'll still have that mm. that was very poignant um you know and yeah he says i love you and and she says yeah and i love you and that's never going to change or something like that yeah Jeez. that was very important and she said as well you know what else she said she said i've looked better now than i ever have in my life and i'm yeah. like dying because she had accepted it and she said she was living more fully than ever because she had accepted her death so she was living and dying at the same time and mm. she never looked better mm. and i was like that's um you know what i mean that's very kind of inspiring i mean all I, ha all I have to think about, you know, you walk around Dublin for two seconds and you see some people, you know. I mean, I've seen corpses better than some of the people walking around in Dublin. I, you, I, you, wor you worry about the condition that some people are in, um, you know, on various different levels. Um, so that just goes to show, I mean, that's she had stage four cancer. I forget which type of cancer specifically she said she had. I think it came from her breast. And... Um, yeah see it's not just it's not just about that it's not just about you know what i mean like deteriorating or 
it goes beyond anything like physical you know what i mean like that, that's an example and she did die obviously i don't know how how long after they recorded that podcast did she die but um she was she she was definitely deep into the illness and the way she talked about it was you know if everybody could talk about that like that the the world would be a very different place i'm eating apples yeah no um it's some heavy shit it is it is but it's also real stuff and it's it's good for us to 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 touch on it yeah um yeah she she there's something about living every day like it's your last that probably allows you to be like all right well it's my last so you've released any type of not bigger ambition but Maybe that's too small a time frame as well, but but let's just use that as an idea. <laughs> if if you were to be like, let's say if you were to be like tomorrow's my last day on earth, how would you wake up? Yeah. How would you feel? How would you look at your girlfriend or your loved ones? How would you talk to them? How would you talk to yourself and decide how to see yourself? What would you do? Like, what would you really want to do? And would it be something massive or would it be something simple? Or would you want to just like really really taste the food that you're having like really enjoy like that mm. coffee and that that toast with a smashed avocado and the, and the, the and the boiled egg and just look at your girlfriend and be like this is a human i spend time with and like she loves me like it's so simple yeah. and it's so beautiful do you know what i mean it's so like i think in one way it's like embracing death and and allows you to live more because maybe you're not always striving for these massive things you can just release yourself into the present moment because they talk about that a lot in the show maybe we didn't discuss that too much but becoming present the art of being present of, of being in the moment um, by feeling your body and trying to remove yourself from your brain and, and really see what you're seeing as if you've just arrived to earth as an alien if you look at the people you've always known in your life as if it's the first time you see them sometimes I practice those type of games with myself and it's yeah. It's amazing. You can, you can take not taste. <laughs> there's just a change. There's a change. There's, the temperature changes in the air. There's a yeah. And and you resist it for a moment because you become like the observer. You become so tapped into reality that it's a bit trippy, and you don't. And then you're like, no, no, no. I just want to go back to the noise in my head. But it's, it's also a beautiful feeling. Um, and and so. Yeah, I'd say you would look really good. <laughs> I'd say ever. I'd say if anyone did that, practiced living in the moment it's... and also being aware of their own mortality, they they'd have a. Uh, I don't know. They'd have an abundance of of just, of just maybe gratitude, mm. just gratitude for like, of being here right now. Yeah, it would make you appreciate everything. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, it's like a superpower. in a a weird ironic way yeah yeah because like so many people go through life uh, not appreciating it enough maybe and then even when when people uh have to confront their own mortality they might run away and not not you know ignore it and and yeah not not be able to deal with it um god yeah that's that's a frustrating thought you don't you want to avoid that if yeah if you're gonna go, you're gonna have to go. So uh, it'd be better to to go with the flow. I think that's what his mom says as well. You know, there's nothing you can you can't fight against it. It's easier to go with it. Mm-hmm. So what are you gonna do? 
Man, there's oh. no, no better time for a show like this to come out. I've said it yeah, before it and I'll say it again. I, Yeah, such a gift. Duncan Trussell, what a <laughs> gift he is to humanity. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is, though. I just want to hug him. What a beautiful man. If you're, if, you, if you're either watching this on YouTube or you're listening to us on Spotify, you can now find us in many places. Instagram, Twitter, iTunes. Loads of like podcasting places that I, I don't even know half of them. But we're out there. So if you look for 50 Flicks of Grain J, you'll see us. Um, they, it all goes out through Anchor, is it? Yeah, you can, you can listen to us on Anchor as well, um, which seems to be our That's main hub. But uh, yeah, great. I'm glad... That, that that was a good long one, but but I think it deserved it because there's there's a lot Man. of a lot of big subjects wrapped into twenty minute fun little episodes, and so I'm glad we we got to go deep with that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to thank you, Graham, for for being for being vulnerable and 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 getting deep with us as well, because you you know um, talking about well, stuff thanks, like this. Jay. Well, thanks for picking it, and uh, I mean, you make me feel uh, comfortable enough to talk about this stuff, and I mean, anybody who's listening is is listening, and that's okay. I can't wait until we can, um, uh, wait, to finish that point, I want to thank anybody who is listening, who decides to listen. I hope they enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy them, and um, I can't wait until we get to do this uh, in the flesh in the future. In the flesh, Yes. That's the yeah, only so. thing that's missing. I to think have so. That, that flow, because it can be a bit difficult with the technical uh, glitches and stuff that can happen. But you know, it's just a bit of patience, and you get through it. Um, but thanks for picking this show. It was, uh, yeah, I. It was life changing. I almost avoided <laughs> saying it because it's a bit I know. too highfalutin. But yeah, definitely. Right, right. Uh, definitely, it's like a bookmark in in the in the pages, the chapters of your life to be a bookmark uh, for this show. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I wasn't expecting it to to get me in certain ways that I did, and it mightn't for everyone else. But but at least it it might open their minds to some new subjects. I mean, so. it's a great portal in in that sense. Mm. Oh man, really I want is. his portal. It basically yeah. just looks like he's we'll sticking his head into vagina lips, and then he just gets shot across the universe. That's exactly it. I, I, yeah, he does. He puts his head into a giant pussy, and it's like some sort of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's born, born again. He flies across the galaxy, um, in a new body. Um, man, so many great things about the show, and. There's a there's a soundtrack on on Spotify. There's like somebody made a soundtrack for some of the songs they use in the show. Uh, check that out as well. It's it's a good. Soundtrack. Oh, oh, it will indeed. Yeah. yeah, I forgot. There's like musical numbers in it. I for- yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah, and they're great. They're they're great. Yeah, they're just silly and they're kind of uh, surreal, um, mm. kind of a big mouth kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Good. It'd be a, it'd be a while till we tackle something like this again. I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This we'll dense. Ready. Like you said, maybe but a season yeah, no. two. We'll see. All right, buddy. I I hope so. Grant, have a good evening. Uh, thanks for another good cast. We'll do it again soon. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, have a good weekend. We'll chat again soon. Bye.